Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Mots, we are back. Episode number 68 of the Rink Shrinks. We got a mailbag episode. What do you say? You ready to roll? Let's go. Mots, we got playoff hockey going on. Uh, fun time of year, besides this nasty weather that we're dealing with in Boston, which seems to seems to be like the theme of the just the year, right? But uh, exciting times. What do you say? Yeah, things are uh, heating up with the playoffs. It's the best time of year to be a hockey fan. You got uh, four games a night, every other night, and um, you know, it just it's like your ADD, like I'm or my ADD, I should say, just. You know, pause a game, try to get over, but they're staggering in a little bit, so you can still catch some in between uh, periods and whatnot. But just love it. Um, playoff hockey's there's nothing better. You know, everyone is you know, giving you their best shift, uh, playing closer to how the coach really wants you to play, and um, the guys that aren't that physical, you know, are are being physical. So there's not much time and space. So when you see um, you know chances generated, it's through good you know, decisions and a little bit more, you know, outworking a guy. And it's just, it's just awesome to watch. I love this time of year. Yeah. We had a Mozza's muffin, uh, make, make the, uh, the Twitter world and everything just throwing ones from the, from the point. That was good to see a nice little throwback goal. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it was, um, game one against Carolina, you know, just, uh, there was a, it came off the bench getting up into the play. Uh, Cam Ward was the goalie for Carolina played it, played it off the wall and kind of bounced out and just kind of reacted, got to the great little ice. shimmy sham at the point though. A little shimmy shake. How do you do walk yeah. to the walk to the middle on the forehand? I didn't do much. I think, you know, I just went like this and my shoulder pads kept going because I had like the big Donzies. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Douglas's. Uh, yeah, the Douglas. Exactly. So get to the middle and just really just looking to get it to the net and find a, uh, Seeing eye moths. Yeah, seeing eye moths. I don't even think it hit the back of the net in the air, but (laughs) they they all count. Playoff goals are fun. Yeah, absolutely. Must have got the the crowd fight up. No, it was awesome. It's a great video. I love it too. And just like, you know, we always talk about it at at skills and stuff. You're on the offside, you know, you stick towards the middle, but you make a great little hesitation move and just get it to the net, right? Get it past that first set of legs. And uh, next thing you know, you're selling. I see the whitey comes up. He's <laughs> big, big hug. I loved it. Yeah, and the funny thing is, I, I uh, remember talking. Paul Martin was on the ice too to start the the, the highlight. I think the he rush. like head manned it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was Brendan Shanahan's last year, and you know we were chatting. You know, we would always sit near each other on the bus and. Uh, we we're like, you know, going to the game in Carolina or something. He's like, I'm going to, you know, like I, I have a good memory. Like, I'm just going to remember, you, you know, that goal. Like, and that's why I got the line. He's like, it didn't even hit the back of the net because like you have the worst shot going. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> so, guess you're getting called out by Hall of Fame. It's not too bad. Yeah, but you better know, than was, better than me. No, but it was great, though. Schmuck because, like myself. 
he's just one of these guys that you know just love the game. You know, he's he's doing a great job uh, you up know, in Toronto, Toronto, and uh, he sends me pictures all the time. I crashed his cup potty back in like '98, so <laughs> we've we've had a long history, and then we ended up playing together. Um, so, but uh, anyway, yeah, it was a great uh, experience to score a goal, first goal of the game, and in, in the um, first game of the the cup uh of the stanley cup final i mean um playoffs so just get jacked up a bit like, you see the buildings jumping and i always talk about this and like as a hockey player you need to make the playoffs you need to have you know that experience of getting out in warm-ups you know everyone there's just an electricity in the building and you know to score a goal is it was pretty sweet yeah no it's sick awesome you can see the uh the excitement that's going on at this time of year, the 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 fans are loud. Everybody's crazy. I, I forget who, um, what I was listening to earlier, but they was talking about you know Toronto and the way the fans were up there, and you know game one of that game and how crazy they were. It might have been um, Jeff Merrick that show, and they were talking about they're more of like the cheese and wine crowd normally, like those Toronto fans. But game one, they were like you know they were they were getting greasy. You know what I mean? It was it was. It was like I forget exactly the way they described it, but it was more, you know, they're the 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 nose up, those type of people, and you know, they're getting nasty for the for the playoffs, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they they came out hard on in game one, and you know, proved to a lot of people how good they can be. And I just um, I just remember playing there as well. There was uh, you know a lot of seats empty in like the loge because like there was you know a lot there's of that club players. right or something. Yeah, they go down underneath and. And hang out, and you know, and maybe they'll get up to the seats, but they are yeah, ten minutes left in. in the period, and then they leave yeah. with five left. Yeah, but they're engaged right from the start. So again, like those, you know, uh, those atmospheres in the home buildings is is so great. And then uh, you know, the Boston is playing Carolina. Like I mentioned, we played them uh, that one year, and was that the uh, Carolina won the cup or no? No, um, who won it that year? That was two thousand. 2008 i believe but they they made it through um beat boston as well they lost to uh who they lose they lost to someone in the conference finals but anyway the, the oh, detroit um, won a nine in 2008 right yeah so they you know we had a great team oh was that the pit when they had the battles with with um yes. when detroit yes. beat pittsburgh yep that was with wit and all those guys right that was a great series so we uh We'd go down there pregame skate would be coming out of the building down in Raleigh and uh and next to the tail- football field down there. Yeah, but they would be tailgating already, yeah. you know, yeah. giving us the double kickstands on the bus, you know, like throwing stuff at the bus and and then you get into that building. It's and- like a scene out of the replacements when you guys are going on <laughs> getting getting on the bus. But they they were jumping, uh they would always come out fired up they had a home ice advantage because they the crowd was really into it right from the beginning so you know again those atmospheres are amazing in in the playoff yeah that's awesome i remember going i went down there for the all-star game and uh cool setup down in carolina they had with the um the football stadiums right next door and like like you said that tailgate atmosphere was you know people are getting banged up all day so it's got to be uh got to be you know a little bit of a like a football type of crowd which is you know makes things interesting yeah, you know, they're all lubed up, ready to go. I mean, like, we, we get out of there at, I don't know, 11.45, 12.15 maybe, and there are, there are quite a few people already, you know, getting it going. So getting that, going. That, that's a good head start. Yeah, yeah solid. 
Hey, what uh, about? I have a question for you. I, yes, I I'd like to hear it. In the backyard with the push mower, but no New Balance. No, no newbies. Uh, I got an old pair of Adidas. So, but they are white. So I guess it's like a start. And I guess you know Father's Day is coming up. So if um if I get you know a, a white pair of newbies, then like I'm officially just on the Mott train, just seriously getting old. What about the hairline? Like in that picture. Yeah. Joanna sniped it of me in the in the backyard, and I'm like, dude, I really wish I had a hat on, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can't really uh, worry too much about. I got. I, I was thinking about back in and then have the comb over for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to really work on that, and uh, maybe see Gronk's guy or Edelman or whoever, somebody that's had some some nice get the spray on hairpiece, <laughs> you know? <laughs> back in the day, those terrible plugs. Oh. Yeah, it's come it looks a long like way. now. Now, when they, I've I've seen some guys that do it, like when they 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 take the. Have you seen them? It looks like a chia pet because mm. they like pull the hair follicles or something through, Ooh. and the the head literally it looks like an aerated green or something. It's it's nasty, and okay. you know the hair starts growing in. But yeah, it's uh it's not pretty. I'm uh, not going down that road. I'll just I'll just embrace the bald look if I have to. Maybe yeah. get some Rogaine shampoo or something. See if that does the trick. I yeah, gotta... see if it helps. I just need to thicken it up and this, you know, and next time make a donation instead of shaving the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, live and learn. I got a uh, Chia Pet for my father for Christmas one time, like a real Chia Pet from uh, Chia Chia from Woolworths. I went shopping <laughs> at Woolworths. And uh, he must have really appreciated that. No, it was awful. Like it, it was bad. Like it, he didn't do it right and it was just sprouting out in certain areas it, it didn't it looked like a sick chia pet like uh. so anyway um yeah no i was trying to do my best moss impression mowing the lawn trying to get it ready a little spring cleaning um it was it was thick in certain spots it's just it, it's still a bit of a mess but it looks okay now um, yeah I, I have a plan on like like we talked about last time i'm gonna come up and uh give you a a hand and mm. Just give you know, because I'm I'm doing some stuff here for this area, so um, I can just transfer some of the uh, supplies mm -hmm. up to Dot, and we'll have a time. Yeah, we'll have a time. Get the beers going early, but yeah, no. So I'm I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to keep up with you, but it's just it ain't gonna work. You want to break uh, break down the old playoff brackets? We we did post uh, our our picks for the NHL. Uh, who's going to be the Stanley Cup champion? Interestingly enough, Mots, you got uh, the Florida Panthers who just went down 0-1. Correct. Correct. What? Uh, what else? You want to go over? You want to go over a couple of these picks? Let me see. Do, do you have yours up? I do. All right, let's go over them. Just a just a couple quick so ones. I want to. I, I got to see yours actually. Yeah. I got to. Yeah. So in the East, I have the Carolina Hurricanes over our hometown Boston Bruins. Oh, you started out with that. Yeah, uh, New York Rangers. That's a ballsy game. pick. I know because for I, a like, Boston guy, yeah, you you want to bet with your heart or like you know whatever. Not like where there's any wager on this, but I feel it's going to go deep. Um, you know, tonight where as we're recording, they're going to be playing in a couple hours, but um, Boston needs game two. We'll see where it shakes out. But um, I have the Rangers over the Penguins, and they went down. Um, Toronto over the Lightning. Florida over the Capitals. That's the first round. Then I have Carolina, Florida. Florida beating Carolina to go to the Stanley Cup final. Um, in the West, Calgary over the Stars. Edmonton over the Kings. Minnesota over the Blues. Uh, 
Colorado over the Preds, Colorado, Calgary uh, mm-hmm. in the conference championship, and then Colorado losing to Florida in the Stanley Cup finals. All right. Safe picks. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, I picked Florida <laughs> back in, like, November. Yeah. No, you we, did. We, 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 yeah, we could rewind the uh, the tape. All right. Go back to the tape. Yeah. Uh you know what? I like your Carolina pick, and literally as I was going through and I was picking mine, doing my little bracket buster, I'm saying to myself, like, I got to go. I got to go Carolina. I got to go Carolina. But I'm like, oh, I'll just – I'll bet with my heart a little bit. You know what I mean? It really just showed no balls on my pot. Um, but whatever. I guess I was hoping for the best outcome, and I guess, it. you know, the longer the Bruins can stay in it, the more engaged the people of Boston will be and, and all that stuff. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I was what I was rooting for. I got the Bs, which ugh, doesn't look too good. Especially I was looking at something today, and Gretzky uh, – Gretzky picked Carolina to win the cup. And I mean, that guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, kind of. You know, so I get bees, ranges, um, beating the Penguins, which that game last night, holy crap. Yeah. That was insane. Do you stay up for the whole thing? Uh, I, I tried. I, you must have been drooling on yourself by I then. I was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I made it to the end of the second overtime and then. Not bad. W- woke up and, and caught some stuff on Angel Network at like two in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wiping the drool off your chin. Mm. Uh, I got the Leafs beating the uh, the Lightning. Panthers winning. Panthers uh, then beating the Leafs in the in the second round. Uh, Rangers beating the Bruins, which will probably be the Hurricanes. Uh, then I get the Rangers upsetting the Panthers. So we'll see how that goes. They went down 0-1 last night. Uh, game two will be coming up, I guess, after this airs or before this airs. But uh, so we'll 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 see how that goes. Hopefully they don't go down to nothing. I like the uh, the Rangers and that's just Durkins to start. I'd love Adam Fox. Um, over in the West, I have the Flames beating the Stars, the Oilers beating the Kings, which that's gonna that was another um, you know the Kings coming out and winning Game One. I mean you, you don't win a series in one game, but tough to see them go down one nothing. Uh, the Abs beating the um, the Predators, the Wild upsetting the Blues, which I, that's another one. The Blues got what, like 920 goal scorers? So yes, that was that was yeah, that deep. was it. Yeah, they're deep. Uh that was that could potentially be a tough pick, especially when I got the Wild beating the Abs in the next round. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh the Flames beating the the Oilers in the in the second round, and then I have the Flames beating the Wild, and ultimately I get the Flames uh, winning the Stanley Cup, which. I just like their game. I like the way they play. They, I like their defense. Uh, they're very structured. Obviously, I love you know the Matthew uh, Kachuk and Johnny Goudreau and what's it um, Lindholm, right? What's his uh, what's his first name? I want to say Matthias. Elias. El- yeah, Elias. I was going to say Matthias. That's somebody else. Um, I like that line and and. Daryl Sutt is a proven proven winner uh, behind the bench, and you never know. So we'll see what happens. Got to go out on a whim. I think, you know, I just – I want to mix it up a little bit and not go with the just abs and uh, Panthers, which everybody – I feel like everybody's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah, Unoriginal. So, you know, we have um, – so to your point about betting with your heart, the CEO, uh, Courtney. Yeah. Um, What'd she go with? 
the the Stanley Cup winner, the Boston Bruins. So she's. You know what? That is a hell of a pick. Yeah. Yeah. So she, you know, beating the Canes, beating the Rangers, and then beating the Panthers in the conference uh, championship, and then yeah. beating Colorado in the final. So that's a you know that's an aggressive pick, but I I you know she <laughs> she, she knows uh you know a thing. Who does two. HR have, Joanna? Oh, she got the Avalanche. Yeah, she probably she probably did a lot of research on that one. Yeah, actually, Courtney was asking. You know, she's like, "Does Ray Bork still play on that team? (laughs) (laughs) They just traded him, right? Who has the best mascot?" Mm. Well, that I mean, if it went by that, the 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 Bruins bear compared to the you know the whatever that Hurricanes guy was. I mean that 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 Stormy that guy looked weak. (laughs) Yeah. That guy really looks weak. Uh, you know, if it did go by mascots, I mean, you gotta you gotta give Gritty the nod. You know, yeah, Philly, Philly should be winning the cup, one hundred percent. Yeah, based on the mascot bull. Yeah, and he's such a punk. I know he's just a Philly scumbag. Yeah, so we'll see. It's gonna be interesting. Gonna be interesting to see what happens tonight, which is uh, we're recording here Wednesday, kind of early evening. Uh, prior to the Bruins game two and the rest of the games tonight. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll have a better idea uh, come, come next week. That's for sure. Yeah. It's it, like we talked about earlier. It's, it's a great time to be a hockey fan. Uh, if you can stay up and kind of juggle the, uh, the times and the different games, you've seen a lot of good hockey. You know, I, I try to record them and then go back, but then I find myself fast forwarding a little bit and just going back to the goals. I miss yeah. them, but um, great time to be a fan. Great time to be a fan. Well, speaking of which, um, Mots, we got the the Shrink Sunday sermon, which has been uh, a great job by the social media team. But I like this quote. Uh, it costs nothing to be a good teammate, but it means everything to the team. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it, it sums everything up, really, yeah. if you think about it. Um, you know, the selflessness it takes to be a good teammate. You know, it goes back to being – you know, to someone's character, really, because it's always uh, easy to be a good teammate when things are going well. But when things aren't going well, you know, how do you react? How do you react to someone else's kind of inability to say, get you the puck or do their job or whatever? Like, are you going to, you know, help and, you know, communicate in a good way? Or are you going to, you know, you know, go the other way with it? And I think this is a, it just sums up everything in what you want to be in a teammate. It costs nothing to be a good teammate. Right. Really, it doesn't. And then, but it means everything to the team. And and if everyone buys into that, you're going to have a good team. Right. And, you know, I think it, it, the interesting part is you've seen a lot of retirements and and guys playing their last games. And that's, you know, kind of piqued my interest about the, the teammate type of things because, so many of those guys that, you know, have officially announced their retirements, like the Getzlaffs and Dustin Brown, and uh, I got to be missing a few others that, you know, those guys kind of have officially said that they're, they're retiring. Everybody, every, everybody talked about, like, how good of a teammate and the leadership qualities that they possessed and, and things like that through the highs and the lows. And, um, you know, I was even, uh, you know, Keith hasn't really officially come out and said that he's retiring, but I, I think that it's leaning that way. Uh, hopefully he comes on here and, and gives us his official uh, retirement speech if it does go down. But, you know, again, it's, uh, you know, some of the quotes and 
it's not always easy. You know what I mean? And a, a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of teammates that were, were talking about him and their Philly press conferences and stuff like that. And, and, you know, it's hats off to the teammate that, that, that he is and he was, and, you know, it wasn't an easy season um, for anybody in the Flyers organization, but, you know, the, the leadership qualities that he showed and the stuff that he did in the locker room, uh, it sure, you know, it brought a smile to my face, you know what I mean? Knowing that your brother's looked upon like that as a, a you know, a quality, quality teammate. Yeah. The ultimate teammate, you know, there's, there's been a lot said about him and, uh, throughout his career and he keeps, keeps things light, works hard and, you know, he's beloved, you know, from every team he's played on. So, it just goes back to that character thing. Great upbringing uh, from Buddy and Patty, and you know, b- being an older Old, brother, you older be, siblings. Yeah, you should be you should be proud, and that is something that uh, definitely he should be proud of. And if he does call it a career, uh, it's one. It's been one hell of a career. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I saw this uh, a post on Facebook that a guy ordered shin guards from Dick's Sporting Goods, but they only sent him one side. Uh, when he called customer service, they said, that's how they're sold. Ever heard of anything like this? Yeah, shin guards as far as hockey shin guards? Yeah. No, they, 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 they're sold in pairs. You would think. You have two legs. Yeah. I mean. Not, not no. at Dick's. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> uh you know hey, what? that's uh that's a the, the dicks at dicks only sold one that's no good um i would say that's a uh a miss on on dick's end mm-hmm. but um no i've never heard of anything like that i mean that i mean elbow pads shin pads they come in like bad pairs yeah 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 uh, it's a it's a set what w- w- one skate <laughs> oh you wanted both Oh, oh, you just wanted the right. It might be, might be. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, because if you crack a shin pad, you don't. You can't just buy one. No, it's a. It's they're called shin pads, like yeah. plural, not shin pad. You know what I mean? There's two of them. Yeah. Shin gods, shin pads. Like shin gods are more of a soccer thing, but I know that's why I thought I think you were going. Yeah, yeah, but sh- but but shin gods. Even still, if you were playing soccer. They're to. still wrong. You're not. You, you still need. You you still have two shins. I mean, I, I I think the guy should write a letter. Yeah, I would if I were him, or I would just go to TSR. Right? They'll they'll hook you up. They know the difference between one shin pad and two shin pads. The TSR uh, team and corporate sales department can outfit your team with the top brands in sports apparel, ensure that your team looks the best next season by visiting tsrhockey.com. You can reach them at their team store, 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave, and they'll take care of you. They'll give you two shin pads, right? Yeah, absolutely. They they know what's going on. They'll outfit your team. They'll outfit your both legs. Imagine you ordered gloves through TSR, and they're like, oh, oh no, yeah, we got you got one. <laughs> you, you, got, yeah. you got one glove. The, the, Dix needs a little... Um... Education. Yeah, Dick should the, probably just hand over whatever hockey business they have over to the guys at TSR because that's a that's a joke. Yeah, it's a little faux pas. Yeah, well, go visit the guys at TSR Hockey because they know what the hell they're doing up there. That's for sure. Up there in Salem, New Hampshire. So, well, uh, you would like to say a, a happy Mother's Day to all you hockey moms out there. Oh, little Johnny's mom. Yeah, as a a, a kid and a player growing up, my mom, you know, bent over backwards and 
sacrificed a lot to make sure I got to the game on time. Sometimes she had got pulled over trying to get there. Um, but Mabel, Mabel Mata, I want to thank you. And, uh, you know, same with Courtney. She's doing her thing with uh, our kids uh, who play hockey. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's quite a, um, you know, a respect thing that you have to kind of sit back and look at every once in a while because the, there's such sacrifices made by uh, moms and dads. But happy Mother's Day to all you hockey moms out there. Did did Mabel really get pulled over a couple times going to games? Well, my dad would go like below the speed limit in the right lane, even if we were late. <laughs> my mom would just be weaving in and out, get trying to get me there, getting me dressed in the back. Yeah, um, you know, she was flooring it. Yeah, but we uh, any good Patty stories? No, yeah, like you said, um, just to to echo what you said, but shout out to the all the hockey moms out there, and especially um, my mother Patty and and. Like you said, um, Joanna, she's doing her thing. The both of them, uh, like you said about Courtney, they, you know, we we wouldn't be able to survive and do what we do without those guys uh, at home driving kids, you know, pickups, drop offs, all that type of stuff. And same thing with my mother, you know, I give her um, a ton of credit. She had three kids, you know, playing sports, playing hockey, playing everything, and um, and you know, similar to my wife nowadays, you, you know, now, now it's compared to like, you're just an Uber driver really, you know what I mean? But they didn't have anything like that growing up, uh, when we were growing up, but yeah, just, uh, you know, Patty was just, she was just along for the ride. She was there to help out and support and, and, you know, whatever we needed and, and, you know, no matter what you had a good game, she was never, she was very low key in the stands, just watched and had fun. And even, you know, as, as things got a little bit more serious and uh, in prep school and college and things like that, it was always just, Hey, you played great, honey. And good job out there. I hope you had fun and yada, yada, yada. My father always tells funny stories. Like as my brother got going in the NHL and stuff, she would just, she would rewind it. If like my brother got interviewed before the game, things like, like she was more focused on, seeing her her baby on the on the tv as opposed to like really caring about the game that much you know what i mean but that's what uh that's what they did and they were you know they were the supports they still are at at, at the homestead you know what i mean it takes a village and uh we wouldn't be where we are without them that's for sure so shout out to all the hockey moms out there especially the uh the yandel motto moms and and everybody right yeah no it's it's great uh, you hit it on the head there my mom uh definitely would be the pulling the short straw on the early morning rides. I remember going to Aspen Valley, which was probably an hour. Well, you would have never got that. You you would have never got there if your father drove <laughs> no. on a Saturday morning. You'd be cruising up Route Two, and you know, <laughs> you wouldn't be running any red lights or anything like that. You'd get there by the third period. Yeah, exactly. I remember one time he, I had to get dressed, and they had to throw me over the boards because there wasn't a whistle for a while like, into the bench. <laughs> But he's just like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, like he did just because, you know, he's like, I'm, I just worked. I don't have to like rush to your, you know, squirt game in Framingham. You know, like this is a pain. But my mom would would definitely make the effort. I remember we were up and out real early. It was like a six thirty game or something up there, and and I was like shutting it down after the game, and she just jabbed me in the ribs and was like, hey, if I can't sleep, you can't sleep. Mm. And then I'm like, all right, I I get it. So she taught me to be a good wingman and um, road trips. And, um, but yeah, she was always into it. Like you said about Patty, just, you know, caring about her, her, uh, her son and uh, my brother, Rob, 
um, would never want to sit next to her. I think I mentioned this. Oh, before. yeah, you mentioned that before. Shop elbows, right? Yeah, just like, and then she was exhausted after the games. You know, she took every hit plus. So, yeah. Uh, again, was, happy she, was she was she yelling up in in the stands? No, she was never a yeller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, I do remember. Come on, Mikey. <laughs> oh, this is great. Uh, I was uh, a mite, and a guy that worked for my dad was sitting in the uh, kitchen, you know, after work or whatever. And I, you know, I was playing in the Kiwanis tournament, and uh, you know, she didn't know I was in the bathroom taking a number two, and. Uh, <laughs> I overheard her. She's like, yeah, Michael didn't really have a very good game today. And mm. I'm like, hmm. So I come out. I'll be like, hopefully I'll be better tomorrow, Mom. Ooh, she called out. you out. Yeah, so I went out and we ended up winning the championship and whatnot. But that's just something like I bring that up every once in a while. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously, you don't hold I, a grudge I, at all. That was like 40 years ago. I know. I didn't have, I didn't have a good game, though. Uh, so she was. She, yeah, she, she had was a good on. eye. She had a good yeah. eye. Well, she wasn't making excuses for you either. No. You know what I mean? It was like, no, yeah, he sucked. So <laughs> play better. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she was a motivator. She, that's she got awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, again, uh, shout out to all the hockey moms out there, and uh, we appreciate all that you guys do. Uh, before we get to the mailbag, let, uh, let me remind you about the shift group. If you're comp- if you is your company looking to hire driven, competitive former athletes? Are you a former college or pro athlete in any sport and trying to figure out what's next? Consider a meaningful career in technology sales and let the Shift Group guide you every step of the way. The Shift Group is Shift Group is turning athletes into sales professionals. Reach out to us uh, or them directly at www.shiftgroup.io or you can email Jr. Butler at uh, Jr. at shiftgroup.io. Um, also like we talked about last week, they got the benefactor, uh, cup coming up May 13th with some great charities, uh, that they're going to be donating all the proceeds to, uh, to golf tournament, the 11 fund, Corey Griffin fund, uh, and Sophie's hope foundation show again, follow them on Instagram at shift athlete and, um, their website shiftgroup.io. Yeah, that's great. I, you know, and again, those applied skill sets, uh you know that you're learning you can you can shift those over into a a productive career after your athletics uh career is done so check them out yeah another thing i actually saw this online today but one of the things i love about tech sales is the combination of competition and collaboration uh although you are constantly working to set yourself apart as an individual there is also a bond that grows from working with a team with a team towards a common goal so Pretty cool stuff with the ship shift group uh, again shiftgroup.io. Uh, big shout out to those guys. What do you say, Mots? Time to dip into the old mailbag arena or what? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, this is from uh, Chris. Hey guys, love the pod. Keep up the good work. I'm a dad who has always been involved, but have a kid on a U9 spring team, and I'm not part of the coaching staff. My kid plays D, and is one of three kids that seem to understand the position. But they're eight, so I get it. We just wrapped up attorney going five and zero. Oh. My kids, my kid managed to not be on the ice for a single goal against. Despite this, it seems like the coaches are dogging him a bit. They took him off the PP and the PK, made him serve a too many men on the ice penalty. They haven't picked him for any team awards at the end of the game either. Should I ask the coaches what the deal is, or should I just let it slide and hope things improve? Uh, P.S. The wife is fuming and says she's not letting him try out for these type of teams anymore. 
spring hockey. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get the disappointment on you know if you're paying attention that he wasn't on a on the ice for a goal against. That's just a positive thing that you can reinforce to him. As a defenseman serving a too many men penalty, that's I think a, that's, that's a joke. That's a that's a huge joke. It's a joke, and yeah. uh, you know, but but who cares about the the awards at the end of a game? You know, I did that. I let that. Sleep. That's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. The, anyways, like, what, what do you mean awards at the end of the game? Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's like a town cup thing where, like, you know, there's certain things. That, like, I just that, don't. Yeah, but that's like and, that's like the scorekeeper giving the the things. I, exactly. That seems like it's in the locker room. Exactly. Like so the coach is singling guys out. I would not, um, you know, put any weight on, uh, you know, like the awards and whatnot. But like that, too many men. That's kind of a, a ridiculous thing to do on the back end. And I don't know. I mean, like, I don't it, think it, I've ever seen a defenseman serve a too many men on the ice no. penalty. No, <laughs> right? It makes no sense. But you know what? If they, if you really do feel like they're dogging, unless them, unless you were like really pissed at the kid because he was the one that like jumped on the ice way too early or something like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, like that would you know that's like a one-off thing and that's probably like it would be like you and me if it was one of our coaches that was playing uh, one of our kids that was playing d oh, and we're like you idiot get in the <laughs> get in the get in the box but yeah yeah it seems to me like the coaches are, you know that that they, they, they kind of don't really get it uh again spring hockey i mean that's why we try to limit it i would say uh is is our philosophy uh it's yeah, I wouldn't get too wrapped up in it. Like you said, the too many men in the ice thing is is obnoxious. Um, what else, Mots? I mean, the PP and the PK, that's another thing. Like, come on, will you? Like, at, at eight years old? Like, yeah, just roll them. But- just roll them. It's spring hockey. Let them go out and have fun. Yeah, you went 5-0 and oh in some, you know, the Kiwanis Cup that whatever. Like, wherever the stupid tournament was, it's – like whoop de doo what's the difference? You go four and one if you don't have, you know, your top guys on the PP and PK for eight-year-old hockey. Like you, these coaches kind of need a wake-up call if you ask me. Yeah. So anyway, I would say the the wrap it up, you know, Chris, I would, you know, wouldn't take, you know, too much, in, you know, looking too much into it. You know, the PK, PP, it's just, it's goofy uh, coaching at that age group, in my opinion. The uh, too many men is something that you can kind of take a little bit of kind of just like a, it, it just it should rub you the wrong way. But uh, mm-hmm. if you, if your son's playing well and you know he he did you know have a good tournament, then you just keep building on that and then move on. You know, yeah, and just pick your spots with the spring hockey. Like you, you, you don't do too much of it. I understand a couple tournaments here and there, but. Sometimes that's what you get. You get these coaches that at eight-year-old hockey think it's about winning and losing and not development, and especially it, like it, it It should be. If they're playing in tournaments at this time of year, it should be a blast. It should just right. be fun. You know what I mean? So so we got yeah. one from Jason. Um, the best U15 midget AAA players in our area have been the best since they were peewees. The same kids just keep getting bigger, faster, stronger, and better each season. Very few A or double A kids seem to be making big jumps to force their way onto triple A teams, which I find interesting because these kids are on the ice and training a lot too. In your experience, when players make big jumps, does it usually come from first year midgets when puberty really kicks in for most boys? Is making a jump as much as about passion and mentality as physical development? 
any examples of kids you've played with or coached who jumped from an average player to a great player? Thanks for the uh, questions, Jason. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I think, Jason, um, I think you really can't make any type of judgment till these guys have, have you know, fully gone through puberty. Um, you know, you look at some of our past guests, and the, like Chris Versteeg just popped into my mind, right? You know, he was on a couple of weeks ago. He was a kid that at 15 years old, he hadn't grown. He was small. He was, you know, he just wasn't there yet. And, you know, five, six years later, he ends up and he's playing in the NHL. And there's numerous examples like that. And I think a lot of it is about, you know, passion and mentality and, and things like that. Like if they if they're into it and they love it and they want, you know, they were on the ice and they're, they're you know, working on the ice, off the ice and trying to get better every time um every opportunity that they can like it'll it'll come and you know some sometimes unfortunately it's just genetics right like some kids mm -hmm. just aren't going to be as good as the next one right for whatever reason and that's just that's just life in general you know what i mean um but uh i i would definitely would you know there's there's you know there's countless examples of kids at 15 years old that you know are a little slower developed and you know continue on and like i said just for Stieg popped into my head you know right off the bat cuz we had him on so recently but i know there's been some you know some other guests we have talked to as well I'm sure you got a couple do you yeah so i mean just like kids that are at my son's age even like so to the point of you know the same kids getting bigger you know faster stronger um, you know, since Pee Wee's, even before that, you know, there's been some examples of kids that want it, they're growing and they keep working at it. So it's like pretty cool to see that progression. So, the, I mean, if that's the bulk of what you're seeing, you know, that's, that's a positive, I think, uh, example of, you know, kind of making that push, even though you're a decent player, um, to make that jump, there's certain kids that definitely can, hit their stride in development um, in their development kind of like slots and kind of take, you know, a stride because they get a little bigger or they gain a little more power. Uh, like Matt Molson I played with who was mm -hmm. on Long Great Island. Great player, yep. It, and he got, he got cut from at like pretty much every team until he was like 17, but he right. just found ways to be a good hockey player. And then what you mentioned, Bri, was uh, – you know, that genetic capacity, right? So within that, you know, after they grow and, you know, the, the kids hit that puberty and they're still growing, but within that genetic capacity, you got to work it as, far, you know, get it to the ceiling. Right. And and that's up to the kid. It's up to the, the parent, the parent to like, at least, you know, make them aware of that. I mean, I could, I can't jump, right. You know, or, you know, I'm not that explosive. So I'm like, my kid's not going to be explosive per se, but maybe you never know. Right. But then you just see, and you kind of identify some of the strengths, the weaknesses, and you kind of work with what you have physically. Um, but that developmental kind of slot is different for every kid. And there, there will be kids making, you know, big gains in certain areas in short times. Um, but at E15, it's, it starts like shrinking a little bit a little right. bit more you know and you have those outside factors that come into play now too right with whether it's girls or you know you hate to say it but like you know alcohol drugs things like that like all those different things you know at 15 16 17 18 now become a factor and you're gonna see different kids like go down different paths right and you know the the kid that can kind of maintain that focused and know what he wants to do 
um, and, you know, stays away from the nonsense is going to have, you know, put himself in, in, um, you know, him or herself in a, in a much better opportunity to, to, you know, or, or position to, you know, have success in the long run. And it's, it is, it's still such a process now. Like that's the, the thing there's, there's the elite of the elite, right. That are those kids that are going to, you know, division one college hockey programs at 18 years old. But nowadays it's like 15. It's like, you, you still have five or six years before you're even getting a sniff to go play division three hockey in a lot of places. Right. Yeah. There's still some runway there. Um, there's definitely still some runway there. So, but yeah, that, that's a good point about, you know, staying the path and making the right decisions. We got a so, bonus question, Mott, with from, from Jason. What's your go-to strikeout pitch in wiffle ball? Side arm raising heat, big swoop and curve, screwball, or hard slider down and in, the high-hocking, super annoying EFIS pitch? <laughs> and to be clear, I'm talking about when you're using the original old-school wiffle ball and that comes with the skinny yellow bat. Yeah, of course. I mean, who else would play with wiffle ball with anything but? Um, not any of the newer balls with dials, hexagons, hexagons yeah. or other bits of crazy crap built in. Thanks, uh, fellas. My son and I enjoy listening. Uh, Jason, wow. I haven't even seen any of those things. Am I just behind the times that much? Uh, yeah, I mean, probably, no, I don't right? think you, I don't think you, that I mean, you go to the 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 yeah, you just gas station the, you yeah. grab a yellow bat with a with a ball that's attached to it and that's that's a that's the only wiffle ball bat and ball that i know of, unless you're like a two-year-old and you get some big thing you know what i mean yeah so I was, what's your pitch I, my pitch was so i'm a righty i got the um the slots sticking out if i'm holding the ball in my hand this sticking out to the right mm-hmm and I throw a hard curve, and it if I throw it high enough, it dips pretty good. You know, it, it depends on how far away you are, too. But yeah, so the other way would be a slurve, which everyone knows is coming because they teach it on the box. But <laughs> you, you got it the other way, and you really snap it, and uh, it has a nice little uh, twelve to six action on it. So that was that was my strikeout pitch, and then every once in a while, I would throw in having the slots down mm-hmm. and a little sidearm floater that would come in and hit the chair, like real annoying like that. Even yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, right. Just yeah. come in like, like just graze your body almost. Yeah yeah. 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 They give up on it and then it comes down and hits the back of the chair. Right. And you got to play like, do you, when, when you play wiffle ball, it's like if it hits any part of the chair, it's a strike from the seat up. Oh, you go seat up. I go any pot. Yeah, I mean, the, the it depends on how high the chair is, though. Like, so the this, the one chair that we always used was didn't have real high legs, so like it was mm-hmm. a decent strike zone from the from the uh, seat all the way up. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess my pitch, uh, honestly, I I didn't have great arm action. Like, I was a knuckleballer. I mm-hmm. threw a knuckleball like in high school and stuff. I'd cut the nails. I wouldn't cut the nails for a little bit, and I'd, I'd throw a little. <laughs> I could, I could, you know, I had some Tim Wakefield action. So I'll, I'll like revert back if I'm playing with the kids and stuff to a little knuckle and just, you know, hopefully it dips and moves around a little bit and catches the wind, but I don't have like crazy action on my arm. So I would say I'd, I'd be more of a fielder than a, uh, than a pitcher, more of a catcher than a pitcher. <laughs> so, so you're a right fielder even in, in, uh, wiffle ball. <laughs> the old right field. 
No, no, I had good hands. I'd play the field, okay. but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I just, I wasn't going to pitch that much. That's a, uh, yeah, that's a great question though, because there is a lot of good, I've seen some of this stuff online. And I'm like, wow. Like there was a kid thrown to Jose B- Batista and he just was yeah. working him. You know, like, yeah. I don't even, I don't know if that's one of the right, like the balls that we're talking about or not, but it's crazy action on those guys that play, you know, at a high level. So, yeah, no, it's a, I'm no backyard loser. I just, I don't have, like, I wouldn't be the pitcher. Like if it was me and you, we were playing in a two on two game. I'd say much, you pitch yeah. and I'll, I'll play the field. I'll, I'll shag some flies. I'll grab the grounders. And do you play pitches poison? Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had a short porch and right, and my neighbor who I work with, Jimmy Murray, he would always complain because you know, it was, but it was like a home field advantage. So I just I set it up a certain way, and there was like a little yeah, it was like in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, so just going yard every every other at bat. He's like, I'm not, I'm going home. Like, <laughs> Come on, Jimmy. Come on, like, Jimbo. He was like my little brother. My brother would beat me up, and then I would beat him up. <laughs> he could he could beat me up now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Uh, good questions by Jason there. Uh, all right, Mots, ding, ding, ding here. We got the My Hockey Rankings question of the week. Uh, are there certain sticks that are better for defensemen versus forwards? Length, weight, um, all curve. What do you think? I mean, back in the day, I would say a little bit more. Well, because I, spe- I, I mean, we're going to differ on this a little bit because you've seen my stick. But well, I, w- I would encourage like defensemen using you know, all kids using a higher lie and, you know, and having a little bit of a toe, but still being able to pass it, but like not the big hook, but like you have to be able to get the puck, slide it off the end of the stick and keep it flat for a defenseman, anyone really, but forwards can get away with having a little bit more toe in my opinion. Um, But as far as length, I had it like upper or like over my, like up to my like eyebrows, you know, for a long time. And, I, I don't know, like, you know, it's personal preference. You know, you see this kid, Sam Gerard from Colorado, and, like, he's a smaller guy, but it looks like he's using a little mini stick. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a Franklin mini stick. <laughs> I know. Uh, and then the weight, you know, the weight, they're so light now. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, it's really personal preference, but there would be, like, certain curves and um, lies that I would recommend, you know, to differentiate between the defenseman and forward. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've, you know, more about the lie stuff than, than, than I do. I've never really been focused on. I always just looked at the curve and, you know, if I liked it, I went with it. Obviously back in the day, there wasn't these crazy toe curves and things like that, that, that there are now I've gotten comfortable with the toe curve nowadays in my, you know, do nothing men's league passing pucks, to kids around and stuff like that. And I, you know, I look at the curve, like I'm a big, look at the different curves uh, on, on guys sticks when I, you know, go into pro locker rooms and things like that. It's, it still seems like, you know, I'm picturing like Aaron Eckblad stick right now. He's got a bit of like a, you know, kind of like not the big Lidstrom back in the day, like the Mott's Gatorade stir, but he's got like a little bit of a heel, um, you know, where he can really focus on his passing and, you know, getting one timers and, and shots to the net. Um, but I think nowadays, like the way that that like I have a couple of that Mackenzie Weger sticks, and I see the way he utilizes it on the ice. Like he's a, he's evolved into an unbelievable player. But he just like 
you know, by having that that little toe curve, he can just kind of like drag and just like just like rip it towards the net. And like it, it you know, it looks really hard to me. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not saying it's like an Austin Matthews type type shot, but it's definitely like the ability that he has because of utilizing that that little bit more of a toe curve. He's able to get the puck like quicker through to the net. I would, you know, as a defenseman, again, my, my, you know, father's rule growing up was always like, you know, when you're on your sneakers or on your feet, it was at your toe. And then, you know, that way, but I'm sorry, it was, you would cut your stick at, at your nose. And then when you're at, uh, on the ice that it's about at your, your chin level. I remember when my brother went to Cushing, he started using a crazy long stick and he used it all the way in, in Moncton and his first year uh, in Phoenix, I think Gretzky called him into the office and literally told him, uh, hey, if you don't take like five inches off the stick, then um, like I'm going to send you down to San Antonio. And he was like, OK. And and he just like immediately went and and, and cut the <laughs> stick down. He was like, that's it's ridiculous. Your stick's too long. So uh, and anything that the great one tells you to do, obviously, you're going to do it, especially when it's the difference between NHL and ahl money so um you know i i would you know maybe give like an extra inch or so maybe as a defenseman it might help you and you know the poke checking game things like that but if your stick's too long it becomes you know more difficult to play pucks in tight and then also um you know handle it as well too like you you, you gotta have that good control so it it is it's it's kind of personal preference but you know you you don't want it to be too long yeah, I, I think you're spot on with the uh, the toe. I wish I had a toe back in the day because you see... No, you were just cutting your toenails on Whitey's <laughs> stall, though. You had toes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I did. Um, my tree climbers. <laughs> but I, uh, I wish I had that toe curve. Like what you were saying about Uyghur, you can... And I say it to the forwards a lot of the times where you can... You don't have to change the angle of your top hand. If you have it in the toe, you can have some deception. You can shoot it from there, and then you can just kind of flick the wrist and have a pass. You've seen, you know, you've seen it a lot in the playoffs already. You know, a little deception, having it in the toe, being able to flick it to the net or uh, make a pass, and that's like very difficult to, for a goalie and a, um, a defenseman to read. But even up top, if you're walking the line, you have to get it back to the. The half wall or you have to get it to the net it's very similar so that was a good point um you know a little bit more toe if you can do it um and get used to it and, and start utilizing that toe for those uh kind of certain circumstances where you can keep it there it's some deception uh you know, but like after, i look at i look at like adam fox like his his looks pretty like relatively straighter like a, more of a heel and you know look at the goal he scored last night just kind of walking the line and he threw a little Mott's muffin to the middle and um you know towards the net and it you know ended up I, I don't know if Strom ended up deflecting it or not but you know he just like threw the puck to the net and I, you know I think again it's a, it, it really is a lot of personal preference and what you you you're comfortable with right whether it's the 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 old school heel curb or it's a little less or you know some guys still use some pretty straight you know it, it really like look at Crosby I mean he utilizes still that like straighter curve but he can use his backhand so well and that's the other thing like you right. you want to make sure that as a defenseman you can make plays on your backhand you can throw little sauces and things like that if you you have a you know a big banana hook and you can't use your utilize your backhand that 
it be, could be a, a big problem. Yep. Uh, next one here. Good question for the My Hockey Rankings question of the week, wouldn't you say? Very good. Yeah, it could cover a lot. We could chat about it all night. I know. I love I love looking at curves and, and all that stuff. I mean, this so I, I really do. So this is, uh, I'm 30 years old and have three brothers ranging from ages 21 to 33. All played hockey, one still currently play, playing in college. Our parents' basement is a good amount of old equipment, skates, helmets, pads, sticks, etc., you think they got two shin pads or one? Yeah, I think two. I would say they get the doubles. One's probably busted up, but yeah, yeah. Um, they can go to Dick's for that other one. Uh, my mom, <laughs> no TSR for two. Yeah, there you go. My mom is threatening to toss it in the dumpster and or donate it to play it again. My brothers and I are currently renting apartments and don't have room to store anything, but we think they should hold on to it in case we need it in the future, either to get back on the ice for men's league or our kids. Zero kids right now. Want to get into the game. Uh, it would be great to have some starter gear and could save us some dough. Please help me convince my mom that the space in the basement and garage is not important and I should hold on to the gear for a few more years. P.S. Unbiased opinion. I think Mo is crushing it with the ring shrinks. Best Tim from Braintree. Wow. Shout out Mo. Crushing yeah, it. Yeah, Mo. Get some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, mom, like, you got to sacrifice a little garage space for the hockey gear, right? Like something. Throw it in a couple bags and just just throw it in the corner. But you got to save some, you know, help these guys, help Tim save some dough when he decides to get into the uh, to the men's league circuit. You know what I mean? But, Tim, you're going to want to upgrade some things because I'm sure your, your equipment was kind of whack back in the day. And you're not going to want to wear like a lot of, you know, 20-year-old type of gear. But, uh Put a little, you know, tell mom you'll organize it. You'll keep it nice and neat. Throw it in the corner of the garage and just forget about it, mom. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear where he, where he's coming from. Um, I had a bunch of, you know, gear from college and and my dad was like holding on to it. I think I still had my jocks plus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and uh, hey, You like, guys could have been on an episode of Hoarders. <laughs> Well, it was just like in a bag and then, you know, it was just hanging there. And, he, and then he ended up like cleaning out the garage with them. He's like, he's like, I'm throwing this stuff away. I'm like, that's fine. You know, but like it stayed there for, I want to say 15 years. Mm. So, yeah, it def- you don't want to wear the equipment, you know, Tim, if it's kind of like been hanging around in a musty basement or garage. But also there is some, you know some good stuff if there's some good stuff in there that you can read. yeah and it gives you like street cred too if like when you join a men's league and like oh this guy played at you know whatever bishop hendrickin back in the day like he must be legit you know yeah and he's got micron megas yeah <laughs> i mean those things will probably be pretty heavy <laughs> yeah compared yeah. to what we got now yeah but mom i would say uh maybe have tim come over and sort through some of it you know what, what? that's right good. Mott, yeah. it's so for Mother's Day. Yeah, what you should do, Tim, for your mother is offer to clean out the basement and the garage, and say, you know what, Mom, like me and the the rest of the brothers are going to come over. We're going to clean out some stuff. You'll get rid of like you know any old things that you you don't feel necessary that you yep. want, like you know whatever. Mom will do. Yeah, Mom's old aprons and stuff like that. <laughs> get rid of that stuff. And uh, and then clean the whole basement. Yeah, I'm saying All clean right. everything. Do All it right, as okay. a Mother's Day gift. And say, all right, this is the stuff we want. We're going to organize it. We're going to put it in a bag or like one of those Tupperware containers. You know what I mean? Those those yeah. those things you put like the, 
you know, I don't know the the Halloween decorations in. Throw right. them in the bag. Throw them in the in the, the the box or whatever it is, and keep it organized. And then when it's you know when you finally grow up a little bit, you're thirty something years old. You buy a house, um, then you can you can put it in your house and let your wife deal with it, right? <laughs> That's, <a> good... <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean. Well, 33 look, look. oh he's 30 years old he's probably running on mock and salty or something every weekend jeez yeah i'm jealous y- yeah you want to come back as tim yeah um well, you know what oh, mom throw away in. all his stuff Tim's <laughs> a loser <laughs> you're just jealous by yeah uh uh well tim hit, hit us up and let us know how mother's day goes yeah let us know how the mother's day clean out goes it'd be good uh all right Good stuff. That's great. Uh, all right. Next one here. What happens in the first year of hitting? Oh, boy. Everything. Uh, how do you prepare your young player and, more importantly, prepare yourself as a parent watching your child in a hitting game? As a dad, I worry for my child. I am not ashamed to say that one bit. If parents don't think uh, they are missing a few synopsis. Synapses. 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 I have no idea what that means. I did uh, place my AAA 2010 son in a local rink, uh, Spring Bantam AA 09 team to test the waters. Uh, after talking specifically with a few of my trusted hockey coaches at the rink, um, we've been doing some checking clinics. We've been doing checking clinics for about a year. My boy likes to play hard. He's neither big or small. Some say he's physical. All I all I see is a 12-year-old child, though. I think most parents with a brain are going to struggle with the hitting transition, and it's totally different. Uh, it's a totally different viewing perspective as a parent. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> big time. You, you kind of hit on all the points here. It's um, it's important for your son to be able to absorb hits, just as importantly to give hits, and that's the most important thing I think. It's absorbing a hit protecting yourself not putting yourselves putting yourself in a position to just trust that the other player is going to make the right decision at times you know like just like exposing your you know your back and you know close to the boards type thing um so i i mean those are like some of the the key components and then what we always talk about is you know the checking clinics i don't know how Detailed they go, but uh, just kind of getting that contact. But really, it's just separating the player from the puck. Every once in a while, there's going to be, you know, a head-on, you know, spot where you got to, you know, kind of sack up and, like, drop your shoulder into someone's chest or whatever. But that doesn't happen as much as it used to. Um, so it's really right. about taking angles and skating and just getting, you know, that inside position to, to separate people. And, um, you know, as a parent, it's very difficult no matter what, um, to see your child get hit, um, you know, especially if, you know, there's some bigger kids out there, but, you know, as they get a little bit more comfortable, um, I'll get, hopefully get a little easier on you. Yeah, no, there's no way to prepare yourself. I can remember my, my oldest first year of checking. Um, there was some definite like cringeworthy moments where kids just got absolutely rocked with their heads down. So the more that you can prepare them with the checking clinics, you know, doing small area games, little battle drills, things like that, where you kind of reinforcing the the hitting piece of it. Um, but you know, there's going to come, you know, a point in time where little Johnny's going to be skating up the ice with his head down and he's going to get his clock cleaned. I know USA hockey's trying to take a lot of that stuff out of the game. Uh, 
again, I don't necessarily agree with it all. I, I still think some of the hitting should start earlier on when kids, you know, you, you don't have such a discrepancy between kids hitting puberty and, and, you know, kids that aren't even close to hitting it, which I've, you know, I sure as hell saw when my uh, oldest first became abandoned. There's really nothing that can prepare you for it. It really, you know, you just gotta, it is what it is. You know, like you gotta uh, maybe chuck the rink shrinks on the headphones and just, you know, watch the game and just hope that nobody gets injured, encourage him to protect himself up there, play with his head up. Don't get caught, you know, with his head down and things like that. Um, but the more, you know, on ice battling little drills and things like that, that you can, you know, get them comfortable with, with playing the body, the better, but it's no matter what, you're going to be playing a team where some kid is just running around like, you know, a chicken with his head cut off and just runs over somebody, uh, there's going to be that, that one or two kids that have gotten so comfortable playing with their heads down, you know, from might squirts, peewees, and are all worried about the toe drag and things like that. That's going to get his, his bell rung. And it's just, it is, it's, it's, it's part of the game. Um, USA hockey is trying to, to, you know, take a lot of those big check rules out of it. But again, each referee referees the, the game differently. And it's, it, it, it's, it, this, there's like, no way to prepare yourself for it. You just got to hope that, that, you know, nobody gets hurt and things like that. But yeah, I, I remember like specifically a couple different times, uh, you know, kids on my teams, just like head down, stepping over the red line, and a D just stepping up and putting a shoulder right into his chest, like great hits. But you look up and you're like, Oh my God, if I ever got hit like that, I'd, I'd, you know, maybe never play again. Did you see that hit in the NYPD versus FDNY game? I, I did. Oh my god! Yeah, that was a big one. Can you imagine wheeling the net right now, like at this no. age, and getting hit like that? No, I mean it, it hurt watching. I it mean, really like, did. Matthew Kuchuk had a you know a good one on Klimberg. Yes, you saw that. Yeah, I it, saw that. Yeah, it's just like you're not it. You got to have that awareness, but that's really, it really goes back to awareness and being able to absorb hits. If you get closer to the boards, it's not as bad, um, but it does, it, it is a learning curve and uh, you just got to buckle up as a parent. Yeah. Buckle up, buckle mm-hmm. up. Uh, all right. Cross country mortgage. If you own a home and you haven't looked into refinancing in a while, have a quick chat with our friend, Chris Devon and see if it makes sense for you. Devo. May be able to help you save on a monthly basis so that you can put money into savings or other projects. Check him out at chrisdevon.com. Uh, also, we got May 7th, Saturday, Derby Party with Devo and the crew. You can hit him up on uh, Instagram and uh, and get tickets for that. So looking looking forward to catching up with Devo on Saturday. Hopefully, we can make it down there. Yeah, Devo's a good man. Uh, make sure you check him out if... You have any uh, mortgage needs because he does do a great job with uh, kind of finding that refinance and that that money that uh, can be found and you can use it for other projects, which is uh, kind of a key key component uh, refinancing. He'll save you some dough. Uh, all right, Mots, you want the next one? Yeah, a little long. And the the what was that word I read in the last one? Did you synapse? Synapsis. It's like a it's like synapsis. Yeah. It's what is it? Yeah, it's like a you know kind of a part of the brain, like a uh, as far as making sure the that part you, of the brain that I sure as hell don't have. No, it's like um, like the nervous system about making decisions and and like touch and feel and emotions and stuff. You know, like, oh. 
it's like a circuit board type thing. So if the, the he was saying if the parents don't have it, they're missing some synapses. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. That they they just kind of uh, they have a black hole for a heart that leads to their brains. <laughs> um, so as a U10 hockey dad, I struggle to understand why refs seem to be a protected class. I'm not talking about the teenagers just letting or just learning the role. I'm talking about the grown men wearing stripes. My son's team recently had a ref for two games during a tournament that was out of his mind and calling penalties on our team. So so much so, my son's team played 60% of those two games shorthanded. In the first game, our team had nine penalties before the other team took a single penalty. Same trend continued into the second game the next day. So the parents had 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 it and were vocal from the stands. The ref then came after the parents, tossing one for questioning a call. No profanity, just, hey, get it right. Of course, that parent had to leave the arena and was banned from the rest of the tournament. Why are refs such a protected class? Refs should be accountable and should face disciplinary action in a review uh, finds them to have failed the kids. In a poor officiating situation, it seems parents just have to ignore the fact that our kids are getting hosed or risk getting tossed out of a game. It's insane. Look forward to your thoughts. Wow, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, sometimes, in, in my opinion, referees can be their own worst enemies. Um, you know, you look at NHL games and things like that, and and if you talk to any referees, especially at the higher levels, like they know, they know, all right, you know, we've called two so far on the Bruins, uh, you know, and I think it's even happened before. Like it didn't didn't it happen this past season where it was like, oh, we, you know, basically it was, it was like, yeah, it was a hot mic and it was like, hey, we owed you one type of thing, right? But you've got to have a, referees do, especially at the older levels uh, and and older referees that like you have to have a feel for the game. If you, you know, there's no way that one team should have 10 penalties and the other team has none or nine, whatever he, whatever he said here. Like that is, it is crazy. Um, you know, I think there's such a protected class because, you know, there is such a shortage of them, but, you know, sometimes they do, you know, referees, you know, fail to, to, to help themselves a little bit and they just, they don't like understand the, the entire game and what they're what they're doing out there and you know it, it it sucks but you know you you've got to as a parent kind of be the bigger man from the stands and um bite your tongue yeah i i he's making great points here um i just feel that there's you know there's definitely a, a line of accountability going both ways right so as a parent you still have to be the adult and try to bite your tongue like you said but when it's so egregious on the other side where the ref is not you know like you said he's failing the kids um you know there, there should be some accountability right yeah and it's very difficult because you know the, you know they're shortage of refs and when you when you do get a bad ref who doesn't have a feel for the game or or is thin-skinned on some level like like he feels that you know, it's about him or whatever or her. Oh, it's, it's, they think it's, they're the show. It's it's so disappointing. Like I've been in those situations, and it just drives me insane. But also, you know, it, it's a fine line. You know, you know that they, they can have a bad game. They can just not be a very good official. But also, the parents can't be you know over the top either. You know, it's right. it's very you know they're, it's protect they're protected for a reason because you know they're the authority on the ice. But if they're not doing their job. 
they should be held accountable, but there's no really process in place. Um, you know, sometimes you just have to to deal with it because it's very frustrating. Number one, like I would always say, like, I would, you know, ask the ref to come over and I'll be like, Hey, listen, I know you get paid out here, but you know, do you mind if you work to get into position to make the bad call? Because, you know, we needed all the calls we could get against some teams and, you know, the kid's four feet offside and they ends up in the back of the net. It should have been an offside, but he's not in position. Yeah. So what if and, they don't have the ability to actually skate and keep up with the play? Well, they shouldn't you, be you, at that level. No, they definitely shouldn't be. But you see it because there's such a shortage of them. It, it is. It's it's just a it's a difficult conversation. And, you know, they but making it, some good points. there though. In making some good points and, and, you know, at no point in time. Although, like, they are protected, and you know, again, I understand. Like, you you want to balk a little bit at them from the from the stands or something like that. Like, you say it. Like, you got to try to buck, bite your tongue, and you know, again, I think it's on the coach to call the referee over and be like, "Dude, it's nine to nothing in the penalties. Like, yeah. it, they're ten year old. It's ten year old hockey. Like, come on, man, give us a break. Have that conversation versus relying on the parents yelling from the stands and doing it. The unfortunate thing is, we've seen so many incidents. Um, where that you know that nine to nothing penalty you know calling referee ends up getting jumped outside or gets you know sprayed with uh, with Lysol spray right. in the eyes or something like that where they you know parents just take it to a whole nother level and which is completely absurd like you know at the end of the day it's just a game and yeah the guy sucks like the guy sucks and they're never going to change a call you know what i mean what i always say is like hey if the referees were any good they'd still be playing hockey or they'd be coaching mm. you know what i mean like they <laughs> like that's the, the that's the bottom line with the, you know that how i i always you know lead off my parent meetings is like hey you know most of these guys it's like if they had that much of a clue they'd be the ones behind the bench not the ones you know wearing the stripes in the middle of the ice yeah, but um, you don't say that in front of the kids. No, not in front of the kids, but with the in in the the parents, I do. Well, that's, so uh, that's fine because they would definitely use that when <laughs> when, when a ref makes a bad call. <laughs> hey, hey, you're just repping because you sucked as a player. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we gotta you know we gotta toe the line. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, not not I didn't mean to say unfortunately, but you gotta toe the line with them, and you know, again rely on the coaches to have the conversations and not be the parents yelling and screaming from the stands. Because again, I think most of them nowadays, um, you know, they're being instructed that if somebody's yelling at you from the stands, just throw them out and they're done for the tournament, things like that. I guess the only accountability you could, you could, you know, have is file a complaint with, you know, whoever runs that referee kind of organization or talk to the tournament and, and, you know, those guys and be like, Hey, listen, it's been, you know, two or three games in a row where our teams had this many calls against us. Like, can we do something about the referee situation? Like, can we get somebody else here? Yeah. Well, I get the frustration, though. And, like, there's a zero tolerance on yelling at refs and whatnot because it has gone so crazy the other way. But what I was saying earlier was, like, that accountability, if they're not doing their job, they should be held to a standard, uh, you know, for the kids' sake more than anything. And that frustration leaks into the parents and – it's just kind of a tough cycle, but um, I would just say keep your head and, um, you know, you're not going to get that ref consistently. You know, you got him twice, but, um, you know, move on and, and uh, bite your tongue and, and be the adult, uh, be the better person, I would say. 
That's it. Be the better man. Uh, this mailbag was brought to you by Franklin Street Hockey, the official ball and street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Level up your training in the offseason with stick trainers, targets, and more. Available on franklinsports.com. It's that time of year, Mots. It is. Yeah, absolutely. And Level up, kid. Skit Scott is the new video based social media platform that allows you to use augmented reality filters, picture in picture, layered audio, and more that is only found in costly movie production rooms. Skit Scott does not share, trade, or sell the personal information of its users. Get your skitty on, Mots, as you'd say. Get your skitty on. Get your skitty on. All right. So, Mots, we uh, we got to talk to the listeners a little bit here uh, before we wrap up. But so we're planning a um, a street hockey tournament uh, for the for the little guys. Right. Our focus here has been on, you know, a lot of youth hockey stuff. Um, our thought process right now, we're, we're looking at uh, some different venues. We've been talking to uh, Franklin. They have a, a nice big parking lot down there. Uh, where we could, you know, set up multiple games with multiple age groups going on. So, um, you know, hit us up on social media. We're going to be be throwing uh, some different ideas out there and things like that. So what we're looking at doing is mites through bantams. It's going to be a, a, a pure ball hockey, which is, you know, on foot, um, fun event. You can have teams, you know, again, it's going to be four on four hockey. Um, so you could have, you know, six, eight, ten players, whatever, whatever you think, we're going to likely do basically a, uh, you know, two different tiers, two different divisions. And, and our thought process with that is, you know, if you have, let's just say a, uh, you know, a, a peewee division, right, which is 2011s and 2010s next year. Um, if you have a high, high end 2010 team and, you know, you, you would, probably put those kids in the in the top division if you have a a team that's you know more full of um you know mixed kids or has more 2011s on it maybe you'd be you know looking towards the the second tier divisions we'll explain all that stuff on social media and on our website and stuff like that but we're looking to get you know at least eight eight teams per age group uh it's going to be hosted like i said uh you know, in, in cahoots here with, uh, with Franklin. So that will take place at, at their headquarters in, uh, in Stoughton, Mass. Um, like I said, it's, it's likely going to be the first weekend in August. Uh, we're going to try to keep it one day per age group, but it might end up stretching out to two, depending on the numbers and things like that. So if you're interested, um, you know, hit us up, head to the ringshrinks.com. You can fill out a, uh, an interest form and, uh, and, you know, with, looking at making this thing official again i love the street hockey stuff my kids have been playing in a couple tournaments they play in a league uh, i'm a huge fan of it and and it's just a, it's a fun fun you know fun be a fun event no that'd be awesome yeah i would would love to gain the interest of people uh out there uh listeners try to get a you know a team together and it, it is like the purest form i remember playing street hockey with my buddies who didn't even play Hockey. Oh yeah, and they just enjoyed it so much. You're running around, you're whacking shins. And, Some of the uh, best street hockey players didn't like play much ice hockey. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like so I was say, saying, like those teams, you know, it could be a mixed bag. People that don't even play but want to come down and have a great time. There'll be a lot of uh, different, you know, um, things to, to be able to do. Bring siblings, and so well, we're going to put it all together. But uh, definitely let us know. You know, head to the ringshrinks.com. 
and fill out that interest form so we can uh, kind of just organize this a little bit more and, and kind of nail it down. Yeah, it's not, you know, we're not trying to compete with the Chicklets Cup and things like that. You know what I mean? That's for adults and that's, they have their own thing. We're looking at, you know, focusing on the the younger levels here, the Might Squirts, Pee Wee's Bantams. And, uh, and I know, you know, especially in the city here, there's a lot of really good high-end uh, roller hockey and street hockey tournaments that, you know, I used to play in as a kid and I loved it. It was, you know, tie up a weekend um it's it's a blast it's competitive hockey and you know just like the purest form of the game like you said so definitely hit us up uh ring the ringshrinks.com let us know if you're interested and um you know like i said you can have whatever you know teams of teams of it's going to be four on four hockey so if you think you got the you know the right right guys or the right right four four, hey (laughs) that can go that can play multiple games in a day and (laughs) just and just keep going my my Sun's team in their street hockey turn, uh, not tournament, but they, they the little uh, Dorchester Street Hockey League they play in. Um, they played Sunday. Sunday was a big like first communion day, so they had four guys and a goalie. They had the right four, yeah, like they it. they won the game like twenty to two. You know <laughs> what I mean? But it's like you know they were short-handed. They were a little tired, but they they had the right four. You know yeah, what I mean? They managed it. And- they managed yeah. it. They made it work. They knew when to rest and when when to go, and you know it was it was the the kids love it, and hopefully uh, hopefully you guys are interested. Um, but hey, uh, Mots, I think we we wrapped this thing up here. Great questions this week; they were they were awesome. Thanks to everybody who uh, who hit us up. Keep uh, keep them coming. Ringshrinks at gmail Voicemails. We still got to get the voicemails going. Uh, I love hearing the voices yeah, on this too. thing. Come with some of these questions. Just just call us in. Uh, hit us up three four seven six shrink. Uh, you can obviously hit us on the social channels: Instagram at the Ring Shrinks, Twitter at Ring Shrinks, Facebook the Ring Shrinks. Uh, once again, thank you to the listeners. Keep sharing and subscribing, and uh, thank you to the sponsors. But uh, Jersey, it's time to uh, cue the Ring Shrinks shuffle. What do you say? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.